Today's scripture reading comes from a selection of verses from the book of Proverbs. From Proverbs 10, The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked that is perverse. From Proverbs 15, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. From Proverbs 16, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. From Proverbs 18, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. This is the word of the Lord. Let's get into today's word. Um, today, we're going to talk first of, um, you know, several messages, which is really about um, how, you, how do we talk. The Bible, and especially in Proverbs, takes very, very seriously the way we use our mouth, the way we use our tongues, how we talk. Is, it, is, is, uh, is wisdom coming out of us and pouring forth out into the world and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but people can assess if you have wisdom or not just by listening to what you say, just by how you talk, what you say and how you say it. And so today, I want to mostly just focus on that to help you think seriously about do you have wisdom in your life? Do you have real righteousness in your life? And to assess that through the way you talk. And if you have humility, and I hope you do, you will offer, you will ask this question to those who are close to you, to your wife, to your friends, to your roommate, um, and ask them, like, how do I measure up in the way I talk? And you should then not talk and listen to what they have to say. And give them total freedom to tell you something really honestly. Um, this is really, really important. If you want to live a life of wisdom, how you talk is, is, right, is right up there um, among the, the most important pieces of wisdom. So we're going to spend some time on this. This is more of the intro. Next week, I want to particularly talk about do you speak truth or do you speak with integrity? But today, the more the general, do you speak with wisdom or folly? So part one. The great power of the mouth and the tongue. The great power of the mouth and the tongue. Part two, the heart and how you talk. So, so much of how we talk isn't just, I just talk, I'll just say what I want. No, 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 it's not. Because of the center of your being. The Bible says that the heart is the very core and center of your being. How, if you want to know what is at the center of most people, it's not that hard to figure out. You just listen to what they say and how they say it. And then listen to what you say and how you say it. So the heart and how you talk. Part three, the word of grace and truth healing our wicked tongues. So if you're honest about yourself, some of you might be already cringing. You're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> um, it's, it's not fun prepping these messages, guys. I, I have to talk for a living. And it's, uh, you know, for several weeks I've been knowing I'm going here. And if you're honest, you know that your tongue is often very far from good. 
and we need healing there. We need mercy, and thankfully there is. So let's get into it. Part one. Let's look at this verse. Um, ver- this verse, Math, uh, Proverbs chapter ten, verses thirty-one and thirty-two. Here's how it goes: The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. You guys know what perverse means. Usually, you know, you're, you're perverted. I mean, perverse doesn't, doesn't, we're not talking about something sexual here. We're just something that's twisted. And, you know, it's like, there's something false and wrong there. And so there's so many ways that the tongue can come forth, you know, as a, there's a perverse tongue. So this is just one verse. There's many, many verses like this. Now, um, I just want you to listen to this. There's other stuff in the Bible. Just give you another really important place in the Bible where this wisdom is put forward. This is James chapter 3, verses 4 to 8. And I want you to listen to this. Look at the ship also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member Yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, that's the members of the body, staining the whole body. So you ever thought about that? What you say, how you say it, it's, it's a corruption, not just for here, but for the whole body, for the whole person. Setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. So a lot of what's coming out of our mouth, you know where it's coming from? There's a fire, according to the Bible, there's a fire and it's from hell itself. And if your mouth is going to bring forth heaven or bring forth hell. Are we going to offer up something more heavenly, something more gracious, something divine and beautiful and glorious, or are we going to offer up things that are dark and twisted, perverse from hell? James chapter 3 goes on, verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You ever heard this verse? Have you ever thought about it? You ever take it seriously? You should take it very, very seriously. Um, As a pastor, you know, I've been a pastor for many, many years. And um, when I was a younger man, um, one of the things I kind of realized about being a pastor is you have to be really good at reading people. You have to understand, um, you know, is there something really honest going on? Is there good things? Like, lots of times people come to church and they say, well, you know, they, they, they know how to talk the Christian talk. They know how to behave and look like Christians on the outside. But as you, you know, go forward in ministry, you find out that um, some of that is just pretty darn phony. And not a little phony, a lot phony. And I'm talking about the church. These are people who actually take time to show up to at least look like they're interested in God, 
They're interested in truth and wisdom and righteousness, at least look like it. And um, as a younger man, I used to think, wow, you know, I'm not really a mind reader. Because <laughs> who can do that? And there are some people who have, a, you know, they have this, uh, this, this gift of just being able to read you. They can read your body language and so forth. And I'm just not really one of those people that's very good at that. I'm a pretty direct and straightforward person. I'm a very logical kind of person. And I like people being direct. But, well, the Bible says people are perverse. And over the years, um, I, I, would, um, I actually read books, <laughs> these books that talked about body language. Um, there is actually a really great set of classes out there for those if you're interested. Um, it's called The Great Courses. And so it takes some of the, the finest professors in the country, the finest teaching professors. They may not necessarily be the greatest at their research or the top of their field, but they're superb teachers. And then what they do is they take a series of things and then, you know, you, 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 you can, uh, you know, take these classes. And every now and then they have these super sales and you can get a good deal. So I like this. And so, or you can get it at the library for free. One of the classes was on, was on body language. And I was like, oh, okay, this is uh, helpful for me as a pastor. And so this will help me be able to read people. Um, and so, you know, I'm just going to, but let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you want to know what's inside of a person's heart, you don't have to read their mind. You don't have to have any great tricks. You know what you have to do? Just listen to what they say and how they say it. Listen to what they say Listen to and, and pick up the spirit by which they say it. You know, uh, there's these people who will say, I, I'm really interested in Jesus, and they'll say that at church. And then... All week long, nothing about Jesus comes out of their mouth. Nothing about God is interesting coming out of their mouth. And it only is when they are at church do they say or ever talk about anything that has to do with the Bible, God, Jesus, grace, truth, any of that stuff. And you know what that's telling you? It's telling you that that thing that comes out of their mouth on Sunday at church is pretty phony. <laughs> because almost all the rest of the time, something else is going on. See? Now, I'm not there all the other times, but every now and then, I get to be around other people other times, and you get a sense. Now, I'm, just, I'm not trying to judge you or pick you up. As a pastor, I have to have a sense of where you're at. And if you're far from God, well, it's good for me to have an idea so I could love you and try to shepherd you. But here I'm offering you something really, really important and a really key important piece of wisdom. For those of you who are young, I, I, I challenge you to go do this. You're, you're in eighth grade, and you want to find out if that girl who says that she likes you is going to be a good friend. Well, listen to how she talks to other friends. Listen to how she talks to other people whom she likes and does not like. And listen to the Spirit and pay attention. And all throughout your life, you're going to see this thing comes about round and round again. But the thing today I want you to think about is how do you talk? Now let me um, point, bring out a couple other points. Today, when we talk, we don't just talk. I mean, uh, I should have I should have brought my phone up with me. Here's how we talk. <laughs> you know, we talk like this. You know, in 160 characters at a time or less. So the way we talk today isn't always out of our mouth. The mouth that talks today is like Snapchat or messenger, 
Or, you know, like, I, 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 you know, last year I didn't know what the word DM meant. I was like, what's DM? <laughs> and one of, one of the, you know, a young person said, it means direct message, pastor. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, but that's how we do it today. And for some of you young folks, um, I want to just say a little something to you. Do you know that everything that you text, now that's, this is also, I know that theoretically, there's this, this group out there called Snapchat. That everything, you know, if you text on Apple or if you text just on your regular, do you know that that's all somewhere in the cloud? It's all saved? So you start F-bombing people and you start spreading nasty gossip about them or you say some things about certain kinds of people you don't like, you don't like these kinds of people because they're Republicans or you don't like them because they're Democrats or you don't like them because they like Trump or you don't like them because they whatever. (laughs) Do you know that that's all saved up there? And do you know, now, Snapchat says to you, they say that all that stuff disappears. Um, I, I, I don't know if it actually does. Just let you know, they have a very, very good incentive for it to not disappear and for it to not go away, that they track you and they know the things you say and they have some idea of what's on you so that they could sell information and sell stuff to you. A lot of the way things work today is based on that. So what you talk, how you say it. Um, I, when, when our sermons started going on podcasts and then even worse, well, worse, I don't know, worse or better, on video, you know that that, I, that actually made me nervous. I'm a talkative person. I'm an opinionated person just in my normal self. But as a preacher, you need my normal self, and you need that normal self to be godly, and you need that normal self to say things that are helpful and true of the Bible and genuinely loving and serving. And I thought, but who could do that all the time? Aren't I going to say something stupid 10 minutes in or 20 minutes in? And what if I say something seriously stupid? It's going to be on YouTube. And so... If most of the time I'm doing my job and I'm blessing you and loving you and really telling you things that really help your life and help your life to flourish, but one time, just one time, I say something incredibly stupid. And there's somebody out there that want to get us. And they find that, that, in that instance and they want to destroy our church. And I'm going like, my gosh, they want to destroy Revive Church. They, all they got to do is find the most egregious instance of saying, of something that I said that was stupid, maybe even taken out of context. And now it's out there. Here we go. So much of our life is writing on, well, our mouth, our tongue, but now our tongue works like this. Your tongue are your thumbs. <laughs> I know that sounds a little strange. Okay? The 21st century tongue, um, tongue is thumbs. And so you should think very seriously about that. And a lot of young people today, I can't believe some of the stuff that they post. <laughs> I can't believe some of the stuff they post. If they were standing in front of you, they would be so embarrassed they just start like dropping F-bombs and blah, 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 blah. And just, just acting just honestly like a total idiot. But if it's like this, somehow you, you don't think there's anybody around. 
But you're broadcasting this to the world. It's actually much worse. If you only said this with five or six other people around, you would be embarrassed, especially if one of those people was like, was your pastor or your teacher or your boss or your mom. (laughs) But if you do it this way, it's actually the whole world has access to that. Of course, the whole world is not going to pay attention because don't be a narcissist. The whole world doesn't care about what you say, okay? But that's real. And so, I'm not trying to scare the heck out of you, but this is the time we live in. I mean, um, I I read an article about a kid who got into Harvard. So he got into, you know, this hotshot school, and imagine how crazy hard he had to work to get into Harvard. But a couple years before that, he had posted some racist stuff on Facebook, and they found it. And there go all that hard work, all that studying. That's it. That's it. Because Harvard's not very forgiving. Harvard doesn't, isn't like Jesus, merciful and forgiving, and wash your sins. And will give you benefit of doubt and love you when you have failed. And I don't know if you noticed this. The world is filled with this. Now, one more point about this before I go to part two. So, some of you... You walk around in your life and um, you will watch what you say in front of your pastor or your mom or your boss. And um, you would be horrified if some of the things you said, that there's a record out there. So you're going, oh my goodness, that thing I texted two years ago, I hope my mom never sees it. Oh, my mom never sees what I texted two years ago. Or I emailed, some of you, your email, your thumbs are ten-fingered, da 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 And uh, I'm really old school. When I write an email, I usually write like a letter, okay? But some of you write emails like texts, and you don't want anybody to see that. But I want to point this out to you. There's an absolute truth. God hears it. God sees it. He's infallible, and he knows. Let's let that sit for a second. God sees what you say, hears what you say, how you say it. He knows all of it, from the heart, all the way out, how it's going out to the world. So he's like, you know, Google, but infinitely better, (laughs) infinitely worse. And so we live before him all the time, all the time. And if you are his child, so you're worried about what your dad thinks or your mom thinks, do you have fear of what your father in heaven thinks? That out of your mouth comes forth wisdom, truth, righteousness, goodness. Do you care about that? I hope you do. You should. Right? And you should care about that actually much more than you, whether you care about you know, what your company thinks, what your friends think, what all those people who, quote, like you, like, how many likes you get, or all your friends online, this person, and how what he thinks is coming out of your mouth and out of your heart is infinitely more important. Let's go to part two. Um, I'm, gonna, 
I'm going to take us to some these, these verses out of Proverbs. But before that, I want to take you to some other words. And I want to take you to um, Luke chapter 6. And uh, so Jesus actually says multiple times, but I, I chose this one. It's, a, it's one of the more succinct places where he says this. This is how Jesus puts it. So this is all over the Bible. This is so important. So listen to this. And I read this at the beginning, and now I want to, that's service, and I want to bring your attention to it. So listen. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. So far, all of that just seems okay. Good tree, good fruit, good person, good stuff comes out. Okay, I get that. Okay. At the end of verse 45, chapter 6, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, so according to Jesus, this is what you're like. You are like a tree. And you know what makes you what kind of a tree? Your heart. Your heart will bear fruit. <laughs> so the fruit comes out of the tree. I mean, you guys, this isn't, Jesus talks like this all the time. He cares about the fruit. What comes off of a person. So a, a little piece of wisdom for those of you. A person can say they're a good person. They can say they're honest. But you got to really see the fruit and now, how does, do they really speak honestly? Do they really speak truthfully? So, what does Jesus say is the fruit? It's the mouth. <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the tongue, the mouth works. The thumbs work. And now in light of that, let's look at some of these verses, okay? Let's look at some of these verses. So, um, I want to give you uh, uh, this. Here's 15, verse 2. 15, chapter 15, verse 2. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Verse 2. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. Verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, perverseness in it breaks the spirit. See how this goes? So let's just say, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Are you the kind of person that regularly provokes other people to get mad? Do people regularly get mad at you? Are you the kind of person that likes to get mad and likes to debate and cause anger? Or do you like to give a soft answer? Not a cowardly answer, not a weak answer, a real answer, but trying to say it in a good way. Are you like that? The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. So let's put it a little bit this way. When you say things, do you know that they're true? I'm not talking about um, it, it is or isn't, but... Um, 
do you just, you read something on social media and then you just pass it on. You know, that's mostly just like passing on gossip. If somebody says something to you, I heard this, and then you just pass it on, especially like this. Are you, do you have, are you a wise person that commends knowledge? And do you know the things that the, you, you believe and you know, do you know if you actually, or those things are actually real? <laughs> so let me just offer you two big buckets of what is real knowledge. Right? Number one, I'm not talking about what you hear from college. A lot of, half of what you get in college these days is actually not even real knowledge. I would say it's propaganda, it's ideology. If you believe in Jesus, let me offer you two pieces of real knowledge, okay? One, it's from the Bible, okay? And so you know that what you're saying and how you're saying it is in the spirit of the Bible. It's, 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 it's the, got the goals of the Bible. It agrees with the Bible, agrees with the way the Bible thinks. So I know this sounds super-duper basic, but I want you to think about this as the filter and assessment of how you talk. Here's the second one. Is there real evidence for it? <laughs> and um, so here is one that I think that a lot of people who are not Christians will, might find surprising coming from the church. Does it, does, there really good science behind it? Is there really good reporting behind it? So it isn't gossip. It isn't just, um, you know, be really careful about political talk these days, whether it's coming from the left or the right. I don't know how well-founded it is. It's a real knowledge. So the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. It's just stupid stuff comes out of the mouth, the thumbs, of the fool. Let me give you one, a verse that I didn't have uh, read out loud. Um, this, this is a tough one. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is no more hope for a fool than for him. There's more hope for a fool than for him. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. This is Proverbs 29, 20. Um, let me put it to you a little bit differently. Are you quick to judge? You talk quickly. I, that's a tough one for me. I, I tend to think fast and I talk fast. <laughs> a lot of you guys know that. I answer fast. And all throughout my life when there are arguments, I'm usually good at winning them. Um, I think faster than the other person. I'm like, I've got a gift of words. Here we go. Early in our marriage, you know, my, my wife and I would have an argument. My wife is one of these, like, she has to process, and then she likes to say things, not quickly, not callously, but carefully, wisely chosen. And I would go, and I'd, like, machine gun her, <laughs> and then she would, like, like, yo. And um, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Oh, that one hurts me. And then what if you are hasty to speak words that are, not, are false? So somebody gossiped over here, it's going to come out over here hastily. So something goes up on social media and you go, you know, it, it makes you angry, outrage. So then you shoot that out quickly too. You're hasty. 
It's not good. It's trouble. Are you quick to blame? Quick to judge? Quick to condemn? You have little patience. Let me ask you a different one. Are you a person that gives benefit of the doubt? Do you regularly give benefit of the doubt? If you don't give benefit of the doubt, I'll bet you the evidence of it comes out of your mouth or out of your thumbs. Do you get benefit of the doubt? These people said this, oh no. <laughs> or maybe um, someone, you see, it, you see them and um, you know, they talk in a way that just kind of, it irks you, it reminds you of something and then you jump on them quickly. It could be um, they remind you of your, your dad and you didn't like your dad. Or they remind you of an ex-boyfriend that you didn't like. Or they remind you of the people who are in the wrong political party. Hmm? I've got to be careful. Let's offer some other stuff, something better. Chapter 16, verse 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness of the soul and health to the body. How about this? Um, I didn't offer, I didn't, we didn't have this read out loud, but this one's really great. Chapter 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Wouldn't you like to have apples of gold? A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Think about this time. Who has silver? Who has a setting of silver? The setting is so precious. And if you had an apple of gold, that is so wonderful. And so a number of weeks ago, we had a message. It's like one of the first foundational messages of this series, which is if you have wisdom, you know what you seek? You seek righteousness. You seek character. And now, as here we go, a few weeks later, we're rounding to here. You know, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about family, about marriage and stuff like that. And I'm sure some of you are interested in this. Like, this seems a little too basic. It's more than basic. The real test is not whether you know up here is whether you could do it here. <laughs> That's the real test. Church, this is the real test. And I want to offer you, um, just think gracious words are like a honeycomb. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Let me offer you one really important evidence of this and, and a really good application. Um, are you willing and able to admit that you are wrong? Are those some of the words you're willing to say? So you are not too fast to talk and your heart can receive something where maybe you didn't like it and you are not quick to judge and Maybe you can admit that you're wrong. Maybe this thought goes in your head, hey, maybe they have a point. And I'm just not seeing it. Are you slow to defend yourself? And you're not always eager to win. Win, but sometimes you're willing to lose. Lose. The gospel leads us to a cross. 
Our God, you know how he won us? Our God won us by losing. He was not quick to win a debate, but to lose for us so that he could win us in a deeper way. And one more part of like how you talk. Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to ask for forgiveness? What if not only are you willing to admit that you're wrong, but you really know it when you're wrong bad enough that you will say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let me help me. Help me to try better. Is that, is that part of what comes out of your mouth or out of your thumbs? I know this is a hard message, a heavy message. Um, thinking, you know, throughout the week, you know, what's a good illustration? I'll tell you a story. And so, this was probably last year. My wife and I, we've been married going on 23 years. So, you know, your, your pastor, he's a holy man, right? His wife is a holy wife, right? And so, they don't have stupid fights, right? <laughs> oh, gosh, I wish that was. Especially after 20 years. You know, after 20 years, surely the pastor and his wife who are godly, and they, you know, they seek, you know, they know the Bible, and they love Jesus. They don't say stupid things and provoke stupid fights with each other, right? I wish that was true. <laughs> um, so, you know, I could just say it happened, but that's, that's, not, that's not fun, is it? So let me tell you the story, okay? Um, so, uh, it was in the middle of the day, and I couldn't figure out something on the dishwasher. It was really something simple, like, had it been run or had it not been run? And I didn't know it. And so, I texted my wife at church, I mean, at network, at work, and she's, usually, she's often busy, and she's not paying attention to her phone, and she didn't answer, and I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And so then I started bugging my kids, has it been run, blah, 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 all right. So I didn't know how to do this. And then when my wife got home, she was, she was pretty irritated. And she said, she's like, how do you not know this? <laughs> There's a light. There's literally a light. The light says like, like wash done or something really, you know, like something a kindergarten can, can know. But of course, I've never seen that light. <laughs> and I've never read the little thing that it says next to that light because you know, I, I, I honestly, in our house, I rarely do the dishes. I, I make the kids do it sometimes, okay? You know, so like I use my fatherly authority to make the kids do it, and sometimes they do it because they want to, and sometimes they do it because they have to. But in, our, in the vision of our labor, I, I don't do it too often. Right, so there we go. I don't know if you, you're like, oh, pastor, you're so bad. Okay, fine, I'm just letting you know. This is just how it works in our house, okay? And then my wife said this thing, and then she said, she says, you know, she says, that makes me really sad. <laughs> that makes me really sad that you don't know how to help me. And when she said that, I got, I got, I got hot. I got really mad. <laughs> you know what I said to her? Here's what I said. So if something breaks in the car, I guess I should get really, really sad. <laughs> because you don't know how to fix that, do you? And if something goes wrong inside the computer, 
I just get really, really sad. Because I guess you don't know how to help me with that either. And if something goes wrong with one of the bills, I should get really, really sad. Because you know you don't know how to help me with that. Did I say this in a good way? Did I say this to bless my wife? Did I say no, it was full on defense. <laughs> It was to win an argument. I was pretty much, now here's how I felt. I'm totally right about this. In this house, there's a division of labor. You know how to do that, and I'm stupid with that. That's totally true. I am stupid with that. But over here, there's like a whole bunch of other things you don't really know anything about. So you know what? All my righteousness just went you know, through the roof, and all my debating powers came up, and I just stuck it to her. And then, of course, you know what, this is then what happens is, of course, then the house gets really cold. And then for like the next few hours, it's like, you know, it's terrible because I'm not talking to her, she's not talking to me, and the kids are like, hmm. <laughs> then a few hours later, Grace came up to me and said, Sue Song, I've been thinking about what you said. I'm sorry. You're right. You don't have to know about that. You don't have to know how to do that. We agreed that's what I do. And there are things you do. And you know what it was like? Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul. And health to the body. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold. And a setting of silver. And all that, like, self-righteous, pharisaical anger and rightness, all of a sudden, me being right wasn't so important. And, and I had a, not a good wife, but a great wife with wisdom. A few hours before, she said something that wasn't too wise, and then in reaction to that unwise talk, I gave stupid and unwise and wicked talk. But thankfully, my wife is better. And she had a wise tongue. Let me close by this. There's a verse. I want to show you with you two more passages. We all need help. You know, the, the Susan Grace fighting that thing is just so common. It's crazy in a marriage. That I, I, the reason I said that to you is because that is marriage. That is marriage. If you've been married even for even a short period of time, I just described your fight. It, it might have been about something else, but it's the same thing. And you know what? At work, you have this. With your brother, you have this. With your friend, you have this. With your friends on social media, this kind of stuff happens all the time. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, that means I don't think love the tongue, love life, okay? 
Those who love life will eat its fruits. Do you love life? Are you a person who wants to give the fruits of life? Or are you like James, the fruits of hell come out of your heart and out of your mouth? The fruits of self-righteousness. I'm right. That's, that's often so much what it is. You are right, but you just got to be right. It's just as bad as just being straight up wrong. Well, let me offer you some real help. God gives us real help. So, in the Gospel of John, this is how it opens. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. This is how it opens. And then I want to give you this passage for just, just a little bit later down. This is how God talks. These are God's words. God's, if God's mouth comes forward and a word goes out to the world. So this is the word of God. Okay, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Very, very famous. And you guys have an idea who this is, right? There was a word. He was with God. Yet he was God. Now it's becoming really obvious. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know who we're talking about now, right? John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And here we go, verse 16. For from his fullness, from the word... Who are we talking about? We're talking about the Word who became flesh. This is Jesus. You know what God speaks? What comes out of God speaks a Word, but the Word comes to dwell with us. The Word comes to heal our wicked hearts. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you know what, what enables you to push back all this, be right, be short, quick to judge, got to win the fight, just pass this stuff on because we know those are the bad people over there, is because God gave us a word. And you know, to us, he doesn't need, like I said to you, he doesn't need Apple or Google or whatever. He knows every word. And yet his word to us was Jesus. He didn't just give us benefit of the doubt. He says, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that your heart is wicked and your tongue is perverse. But I'll give you a word and that word can heal your heart and can make your tongue and your mouth put forth things, gracious words, like a honeycomb 
sweetness to the soul and health to the body and fit words that are like golden apples on a setting of silver. This is what Jesus does. I look forward to heaven when no more will the pits of hell come out of people's feeds and we will no longer have to be so fearful of what we say or how we say it because we're afraid of what the, what the other person will say back to us. Isn't that how often it's like there are some people who never say anything because, because hellish talk is coming at us all the time. But Jesus, the final word, and that word will dwell in us, making our hearts no longer perverse. And we can say things like this, you know, me in and of myself, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? You know how we can say that? And we can say words like that? Because we have been forgiven. Because that very best word, the word who was with God, who is God, he comes to us. That's the final word spoken on you. So brothers and sisters, when you go out into the world, go with that word in you. Go with him in you. Go with the defense of the cross. People tell you you're bad. People tell you, people accuse you, attack you, hurt you even. But let his word be a balm to that. And when you are pointed out and you really are wrong, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to fight back. You can speak a fit word and a gracious word and put like a honeycomb into people's hearts. Let's pray. Lord, oh, this is a hard word. It's a beautiful, glorious day, but to wrestle with a really core place of our folly that out of our mouth comes hell a great horrible fire. But may we instead be a people where that fire is quenched by the mercy and grace and forgiveness and washing from the word, the best word, the word of God who became flesh, you, Lord Jesus. And help us go out and help us be a people that puts out the fires in our relationships and helps put out the fires of hell in our city, in our culture, of anger and judgment, of perverseness. May we be a people that puts forward this blessing through you and from you. In Jesus' name, amen.